Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to be here with all of you, all of our great affiliates radio and tv here on youtube hit the like button and subscribe to the channel and all over your podcasting platforms and social media platforms at sports talk chicago we got so much to get into on today's program uh the bears are teasing that maybe matt eberflus is going to stick around one more year (laughs) but we got a lot to say on that cubs hire craig council they pay the highest rate that they ever could for a manager to come to Chicago, and they fired David Ross, which I love. We'll talk about that later. Plus, the White Sox get rid of Tim Anderson, the hometown boy who just sucked so bad last year. Had to go. Good call by Chris Getz. We're going to get to all of that here on today's program. This is John Zaglul. John Meadows is in the director and producer's chair here today. Big shout-out to all of our great radio and TV affiliates. Logos at the top of your screen as well. Uh, the new ones, WKAN, Kankakee, 105.5, the ticket down in Wilmington and Kankakee, ACTV, City's 92.9 Talk FM. Appeared with them this week on their morning show. Had a really good time with Cat Peterson, AM 1230, WJOB, and Jed TV. Support all of our great affiliates. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and hang out here on YouTube with us at Sports Talk Chicago. Certainly appreciate you guys being here for an action-packed day and an action-packed week of Chicago sports news. We're going to get to all of it here on today's program. So who here wants another year of Matt Eberflus? Anybody? Anyone want to raise their hand? John, you want to raise your hand? or (laughs) Anybody want another year of the Bears' current head coach who is the worst, literally, in Bears history? Well, according to some reports, Adam Johns of The Athletic, He may stay another year. Here's what it says in Johns' article for The Athletic. Going to read a little bit of a long quote. Want to make sure I get this all out there, though. This is what John said. I believe General Manager Ryan Poles will be given an opportunity opportunity to hire another coach should he decide, key, to dismiss Eberflus. But I also believe Poles believes everything he said about Eberflus after he made the trade for Montana Sweat. And here's what Poles said about Eberflus, which we covered this on last week's show. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard, especially from where we started last year, trying to build this and do it the right way. What I see from him, Eberflus, on a daily basis, and how he gets this team ready on a weekly basis, to me, I see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be. John's also said this. Retaining Eberflus would not prevent the Bears from making other changes. They do need a new defensive coordinator, and they may draft a quarterback. Wow. When I thought it couldn't get any worse, it just gets worse. I don't even know where to begin. I guess I could say this to start. We don't even need to get into the coaching resignations, the 
uh, mistreatment and in development of Justin Fields. Let's just talk about pure numbers. Matt Eberflus is five and twenty-one after twenty-six games as the Chicago Bears head coach. He's five and twenty-one. Five and twenty-one. The Bears are one and nine under Eberflus in one-score games, tied for first in penalties, second in the league in giveaways. Not to mention two coaches this year during the season have cut ties with the team, quote-unquote, due to, officially speaking, HR complaints. There's no culture, internally or externally. These players don't respond to what Eberplus has to say, and he is by far the worst coach in Bears history. Why in the world does he deserve another year? Why does he deserve a second chance? Why does he deserve one more chance, one more opportunity to try and make things right? And I'll tell you this, and I mean this in every sense of the word. If Ryan Poles uses his quote-unquote football judgment and says at the end of the year, I think Matt Eberflus should stay, then they should both go. If if Ryan Poles makes the decision that, yes, I want Eberflus to stay, then automatically Ryan Poles goes on the hot seat. And here's why. You cannot tell me. Nobody could convince me. I think all of us are in agreement on this. All Chicago Bears fans, we may disagree about the Bajan Fields. We may disagree about so many other things with this team, but we can all agree on this. There is no reason why Matt Eberflus should be on this team again this year. There is no reason why he should coach in football again. Remember, he's a defensive guy. Bears defense, one of the worst in football. Defensive guy brought in from the Colts, their defensive coordinator. Never impressive over there whatsoever. Comes here, somehow gets an opportunity and blows this team into the ground. Now, you could say, hey, they've been trying to tank, they've been trying to lose. I don't care. That's not a good enough excuse for 5-21. and 21. And what do they do with these top picks that they're tanking for? Well, as of this show, nothing. They trade up for D.J. Moore, and their quarterbacks and their offense doesn't even prioritize or target D.J. Moore enough. Not to mention the fact that this year they're going to have top picks, probably going to squander them again because it seems like no matter who's quarterback for this team, they screw up. But no, no, no. Matt Eberflus deserves an opportunity to stay and prove more why he, he gets a chance. I mean, haven't we seen enough? Haven't Bears fans seen enough? Hasn't everybody seen enough? What more do we need to see? What more does Matt Eberflus need to prove to all of us? He came in. There was already criticism surrounding this hire because he had no experience. It was not impressive in Indianapolis. He was about average as a defensive coordinator, comes in as a, as a defensive guru, stinks it up. They tank, quote-unquote, last year, but they made excuses for it. This year, they're even worse. I would argue they're worse this year than last year. At least last year, there was some heart. Justin Fields played a little bit better. They played to his strengths. Things improved down the stretch. This year, nothing. Everybody sucks. Even Fields, all of them. And you're going to tell me that he deserves one more year to figure it out. He's figured out enough. This is not some novice who's never coached in the NFL. He's been a coordinator for years. He knows how this operation works. And this may not be a big deal to some, but it is to me. I've never heard of two coaches on your staff, people that you chose to hire, resign midseason or get fired or whatever the hell the Bears want to call it in their PR language in terms of leaving midseason due to HR complaints. And in some cases, more. HR complaints is the official story. 
I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of somebody surviving that as a coach, right? Never. I've never even heard of that happening to a team at all during the season. At all in general. Two coaches, same year? (laughs) Mid-season. And they resigned to HR complaints. And now, instead of reprimanding Eberflus for hiring those people or reprimanding Eberflus for going 5-21 and 21, or reprimanding Eberflus for totally tanking Justin Fields' career and his development, we're going to reward him with another year in Chicago. That's how Chicago sports franchises work. For the longest time, Garb Pax got to stick around with the Bulls and uh, coaching situation there never really changed. Jim Boylan got to stay for a couple of years when he really didn't need to or deserve to. For some reason, Chicago sports teams are obsessed with paying people to be mediocre. They're obsessed with paying people to be so bad that it's okay to keep them around. Look, from where I come from, you got to be good at what you do to earn your keep. you got to do what you do well to earn your keep. You don't just get something because you're there. By default, you deserve to get it. And I know that the whole response is always, well, who would be better in replacing Eberflus? Somebody's got to be better than this. Somebody. I don't have a strong opinion as of today on who the Bears should hire, nor do I even know everything that goes on inside that building, right? I don't know who they may or may not be considering, who would be a good fit or not, but I know this. There has to be a better fit out there today than Matt Eberflus. I mean, I hate to say it, but Matt Eberflus is making Matt Nagy look amazing. And Matt Nagy should never coach again, and he is. And look what's happened to the Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes and their offense under him. And yet Matt Nagy, all of a sudden, looks like a great coach compared to Matt Eberflus. Hey, to Nagy's credit, I will say this, no resignations on his staff due to HR complaints and better-ish years to an extent. He sabotaged a couple of quarterbacks, but, I, I mean, they did better than this. <sighs> I am utterly shocked by this report. I really hope it's not true, but these th- this is how sports franchises kind of work, right? So they, they leak stuff to the media to get a reaction. Well, here's my reaction. Dumb move. And if they do this, talk about a joke of a franchise and a joke of an organization. There is no reason why anybody should be considering even the thought, even for the split second. If you're thinking this for a split second, you're wrong. Matt Eberflus should stay. No reason why he should stay. None. And I'm sick of the justification, whatever it's going to be. It doesn't size up to the situation at hand. It doesn't size up to the amount of transgressions that he's committed, not only to this franchise, to his players, to himself, but to the fan base. The amount of things that he's done, his rap sheet is through the roof in terms of malfeasance, in terms of stupidity, in terms of dumb moves. And yet, reports are coming out today that, hey, maybe the Bears will keep him another year. Run it back. Run it back with what? For what? What, another 3-15 and season? Come on. This stuff is stupid. And the Bears are dumb if they decide to pursue this. I don't know if anybody's coming down as hard as they should be on this, too. This is a serious report to me, and this is troubling, deeply troubling. This needs to be spoken up about and talked about more. And I know a lot of people are scared to say something. They don't want to lose their credentials. They don't want to get disbarred or disbanded from the press room in the media center. 
We don't care. Okay, the fact is, if anybody tries to even chill for this to occur, you're crazy. Matt Eberflus should never be a head coach in football again, and he's proven, and not just because I have a bias against him, okay? He can't develop a quarterback. He screwed Justin Fields. He's had two coaches resign that he hired, that he handpicked due to HR complaints. So can't even judge character. Can't lead a team. Word salad at press conferences. Can't even confirm whether or not Justin Fields is going to play or whether or not he's medically cleared. And yet, we have reports today saying maybe one more year. We don't need one more year. We need a new coach, and we need something different inside Hallisall. This is not going to work. This will not work for the Bears, and this will not work for their future. Their future is already grim at best because if they fire Eberplus, they're going to have to hire somebody new, and we might do a whole rebuild all over again. But you know what? I'd rather do that than continue to reward somebody who just can't get it done. Why stick with somebody who we know can't get it done because you're scared of the unknown, quote-unquote, in a rebuild? Do the rebuild. Take a shot. Do something different because this didn't work. Admit you're wrong and move forward. And Mark Trespin only lasted two years, Right. They didn't say we got to give him a third year. No, they fired him. Why can't the Bears do that too with Matt Eberflus? What's stopping them from making that move? Why is there a hesitation, a maybe, a I don't know? No. Look, where I come from and the way I've been raised, if you are not good at your job, eventually it's going to catch up to you and eventually you're going to be fired. I don't reward people for bad work. You don't reward people for bad work. Why should the Bears be doing it? Bring in somebody else, anybody else. I mean, I'm willing to take anybody. Literally, Joe Schmo off the street is probably going to be better than this. I don't know what they got going on over there. So... I am so frustrated by this report. I'm so frustrated by what I see come out. And I don't know what's truly going to happen. We're going to wait till the end of the season and see what does happen. But Matt Eberflus better not have a job this upcoming offseason. It's not because I hate him or I want somebody to get fired. It's because he just can't. He, he is incapable of doing the job. He is incapable of being an NFL head coach. Or maybe he could be an NFL head coach with a perfect team and a star-studded roster just like everybody else can in football. But he can't with this. He can't hire personnel. He can't develop quarterbacks. He can't even talk to the media, put a sentence together. I mean, this is really bad stuff. And I don't know why people are kind of wishy-washy on Eberplus, why there hasn't been as hard coverage as there should be. Because in the past, there's been real hard coverage on coaches who probably shouldn't have been fired, Right. So I don't know why there's kind of this, oh, I don't want to talk about this, or, you know, we'll see what happens. There is no reason you could defend him for anything that's happened this year. What, they won two games? Congratulations. They're the losingest coach in Bears history, and apparently some think you're going to stay. Give me a break. More after this right here on Sports Talk Chicago. Stay tuned on your affiliates. Sports Talk Chicago here with John Zaglou. Appreciate everybody tuning in. All of our great affiliates across Illinois and Indiana. 105.5 The Ticket, WKAN, HDTV, Cities 92.9 Talk FM, WJOB, and Judd TV. 
Remember, if you miss any of today's program, podcast it at sportstalkchicago.com or any major podcast platform. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago on social media. And you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, 18,000 plus strong at Sports Talk Chicago on YouTube. Like the video, hit that subscribe button. Got John Meadows in the building, directing and producing. I'm John Zagluam, hosting today's show. Heavy Bears in the first segment. But believe it or not, they may not have been the biggest story of the week. You heard my passion for Matt Eberflus and, and this report that came out. But I'll tell you what, there's been a bigger story that has encapsulated not just Chicago sports, but the national sports scene. We are going to talk about it because I love what the Cubs did in hiring Craig Council. And the story behind it is the best part of it all. The story behind it is the it just makes me feel so good and so vindicated as well. And I'm going to explain why in a minute. But essentially, the Cubs went out and they hired away the Milwaukee Brewers manager, Craig Council, former MLB player, 2001 World Series champion with the Diamondbacks, played for the Brewers for a long time and then managed them for a while. They hired Craig Council for a five-year contract worth $40 million. He's going to be the richest manager in baseball history, $8 million per year. Craig Council... And any manager, for that matter, has never made that much money before in a season. This is baseball history the Cubs have made. They essentially paid him. He's probably made more money as a manager now than a player. Not kidding. Because Council was a utility guy, one-year, two-year deal type guy. He wasn't getting five-year deals for $40 million at that time. He's making more money as a manager than he is as a player. Good for him. The fact is, though, the Cubs hired him away. The Cubs hired him away and took him from Milwaukee. Now, in the process of doing this, as everybody freaked out and was so excited, they wondered, wait a minute, what's happening to their current manager? What's happening to David Ross? What's going to happen to him? Well, turns out, according to Jed Hoyer, Cubs president of baseball ops, he had to fly down to Florida and fire David Ross in person. (laughs) He flew down to Florida and said, Rossi, you're out. Here's what Hoyer said, quote, this is no knock on Rossi, lie, but we'll talk about that, who I I think incredibly highly of, but Craig is at the very top of the game. It's hard to rank managers, but he's at the top of the game. Thank you, Jed Hoyer. Correct. When asked about the severity of the decision and how hard it was for him to do this, Hoyer said, it felt like an exceptionally hard decision, but one that I felt like I had to make if the opportunity was there. My job is to figure out how to win as many games as we can in the short term and the long term. And there was nothing about this move that I felt like didn't meet that criteria. That is the quote of the year for Chicago sports executives. The quote of the year, quote of the century. My job, his job, is to figure out how to win as many games as possible in the short term and the long term. That's his job. That's what every executive's job is in football, in baseball, basketball, all of it. For some reason, only one franchise understands that responsibility and that need. The Cubs get it. Jed Hoyer gets it. So I have a couple of things I want to really discuss about this news. Now, Craig Council, of course, is a quality Major League Baseball manager. He's going to do great here. The Brewers have never had any resources whatsoever. I don't even know how they won games, frankly, because they've always sucked, but they have. 
Council in his first year, 2015, and then 2016, his first full season, were under 500. Ever since then, they've been over, with the exception of the COVID season. This past year, they won 92 games. It's a great deal. It's a great opportunity. Council said, I needed a new challenge. I'm sure he did. The new deal uh, doubled his salary, too. So the Cubs get rid of a World Series hero. And here's what's funny. I want to make sure I actually get this right. I um, saw a couple of Cubs writers discuss this, and they were writing about this because they're all Cubs loyalists, right? So they, they don't want to uh, make the Cubs look in a bad light or, you know, have them not look good, right? So get this, okay? This is a writer from The Athletic. I want to read this out loud because it's the funniest thing that I saw on Twitter the past couple of days. He said this. This is from his article. The Cubs way reappeared in a cold-blooded move that left David Ross out of a dream job and made Craig Council $40 million richer. The talk of culture and family is mostly empty rhetoric. It's not that different here. The manager needs better players. Hold on a minute. Cold-blooded? Out of a dream job? Do you understand that David Ross was given this role out of patronage and favoritism? And that's it. David Ross is not a qualified manager. Okay, that's a fact. And based on the way he managed this team, that's also a fact. You're going to tell me the the, the, the the Cubs need better players? Three of their guys won't go gloves this year. They made all-star teams. This team was great. They had a good enough roster to make the playoffs. They only won 83 games. Blew it in September. When 11 and 17 in September, gone. They missed the playoffs. And you're going to tell me, oh, it's because of the players. The players did it to him. And David Ross is now out of a dream job. And it was a cold-blooded move. Why does Jed Hoyer always get the crap? Why does nobody ever crap on Theo Epstein for leaving the Cubs in this situation? I always wonder why... Theo gets a pass and Jed doesn't. You know, Jed won the World Series with Theo, too. Jed was, you know, part of that front office. Why is it Theo that gets the credit when he left in 2020 and this team was in shambles? Jed had to make the decisions to get rid of Hobby Bias, turned out to be a great move, get rid of Chris Bryant, excellent move. Anthony Rizzo, even better move. He got rid of all these guys. They crapped on him, everybody. What are you doing? You're getting rid of all these stud players. Um... I miss these Cubs guys, and it turned out to be great. Now he gets rid of David Ross, and we still got people out there shilling for, I guess, David Ross? I don't know what they're doing here. you got to be kidding me. This was an outstanding move on Jed Hoyer's part, and we still got detractors and people complaining about this. I don't know what else there could be to complain about here. Why are you not happy or, or maybe not grateful for this opportunity? The Cubs actually brought in a legitimate manager, not a figurehead who is a beloved hero who they brought in because he is that beloved hero. David Ross is probably never going to manage again. And that's not being mean. It's the truth. He has no offers from anybody else ever since he got fired. Nobody else is willing to take him on. He's not a manager. The decisions that we saw during the season, too, the whole Drew Smiley situation, putting him in the bullpen, starter, bullpen, back and forth, back and forth, not using guys the best way that they could be used, and that late-season collapse, all of that hurt David Ross. Craig Council has had nothing ever in Milwaukee. They continually win. They won the division again, winning 92 games this past year. 
He has nothing, and they win. Imagine if he had something. Imagine if he had the resources in terms of payroll and the talent that the Cubs have. Nico Horner, right? Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, pitching, Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks is coming back. Imagine if the Brewers and Craig Council had that sort of talent on their team. Right? Imagine if that was the case. I'm so happy that this occurred. And shame on certain people who are calling this cold-blooded or mean. What about what happened uh, with Rick Renteria and the Cubs when they hired Joe Madden? I didn't hear anybody say back then cold-blooded. I heard everybody praise Madden because at the time he was the media darling of baseball. By the way, I read a report on him. Interesting side note. Nobody wants to hire him because he's been critical of analytics. Bullcrap. That's horrible. This guy's a World Series winning manager. You don't want to hire him because he doesn't like analytics? What, because he doesn't believe in war? Good. I don't either. Dumb move. Anyway, the point being, Craig Council is a legitimate MLB manager. He knows how to manage. Because managing isn't, hey, I'm a popular guy, I have name recognition, fun, fun to be around Grandpa Rossi. No. Being a manager is actually making tough decisions, uh, understanding the game well, knowing how to manage personalities and players, and not collapsing and being successful. And Craig Council's done that pretty much every year he's been in Milwaukee with little to no talent. David Ross has never done it once. Oh, wait, they won the division in 2020 in the COVID-shortened year. <laughs> My bad. They went 36-24. and 24. Congratulations, you were eight games over 500 in a 50-game season. That doesn't count. What counts is 2021, last year, and then this year. And you could say, okay, fine, David Ross shouldn't be blamed for the Cubs tanking those past couple of years. So be it. But what about this past season? They were great. They were hot. They had the division lead at one point for a while. They had the wild card lead at one point for a while. A long time. And they finished with 83 wins and collapsed. The Diamondbacks had one more win than them went to the World Series. Cubs didn't even go to October. Didn't even go to the postseason. That's a failure, in case you didn't know. So, cold-blooded, cold-blooded. Oh, they talk about culture. This isn't culture. No, you know what? It's called hiring a professional to know what to do. That's what that's called. It's it's called no more patronage, no more BS, because you know who doesn't stand for that? To his credit, Jed Hoyer. He never has and he never will. And I love that about him. He's my favorite executive in Chicago. He said no more Hobby Baez, no more Chris Bryant, no more Anthony Rizzo. Hobby Baez, by the way, just opted into the rest of his Detroit Tigers deal. Four years, $98 million left. You know what he's doing in Detroit? His batting average is under 230 in his first two years there. They're paying him $25 million a year to hit 230 and have an OPS under 700. That's who Jed Hoyer got rid of and didn't pay him a penny. And where is everybody today saying, good job, Jed Hoyer? Nowhere to be found. What about Anthony Rizzo? Last year, struggled. What about Chris Bryant? He's played 60 games in a Rockies uniform. They paid him seven years on $150 million. Jed Hoyer saved this team money and saved this team headaches. And he got crap for it his whole career. 
Now he gets rid of David Ross, who's not even a manager. He's just some figurehead and some beloved hero-type figure. And we still got people here crapping on him. And we still got people here shilling for the other side. Give me a break. And you writers must be content with mediocrity. Or you must be content with September collapses every single year. Okay, this is not the Cubs of 1969 or 1984 or even 2003. They've won a World Series. They know what it takes to win it all. This is not the Billy Goat Curse Cubs, the lovable losers Cubs. They need to be competitive again. And Jed Hoyer said, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and do it. And we got people still sitting here saying it's a bad move or, oh, that was so mean to do that to David Ross. You guys got to be kidding me. No one's ever going to be happy, I guess. I don't like that at all. My goodness. We got to see that stuff. You know, we all got to be aware and see that stuff. I never once, it never even came into my head to say, oh man, wow, Jed Hoyer, you really screwed David Ross. No, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. David Ross was never deserving of the job in the first place. So why does he all of a sudden feel like he's entitled to keep it? Or why do other people think he's entitled to keep the job? He wasn't deserving in the first place. So why should he have to keep it now? And he would have been deserving and he would have felt entitled if they were actually succeeding under him. They weren't. Case closed. There's no other need to say any more about it. I mean, they weren't succeeding under David Ross. That's a fact. You can look at the record, look at the numbers. They weren't doing good. They found somebody who is the best manager on the market. They paid a hefty price to get him. Great. This is exciting. Let's do it. You know, I don't understand, and I don't see why others don't see it. And I think, you know, it's agenda-based media, because for whatever reason, people are still so worried about and so uh, concerned about the 2016 World Series stuff. That's over, guys. It's been seven years, if you could believe that. I was 16 when that happened. <laughs> it's been a long time. We need to move past that, move into the future, and move into when's the next World Series? Sincerely. I want them to win it again, don't you? We all do. So instead of going the route of, oh, this is so mean to David Ross, and I miss Rossi, and my heart hurts because Rossi's gone, it should be great. Let's damn win it. Let's win it. Let's be men and win. Not, oh, my, my heart hurts, and I'm going to miss David Ross. David Ross didn't deserve the job in the first place. What did he do, help win a World Series, and was the pseudo bench coach to help Anthony Rizzo when he was nervous in game seven. Give me a break. Come on. Oh, it's just so, so crazy that people are uh, <laughs> unhappy with this. Come on, guys. You got to be happy about this. This is great news. And Craig Council has done just his work wonders with that Brewers team because every year I wonder how they're even going to win and every year they win. <laughs> I, d I don't understand. You know, every year I wonder how the hell are they going to come through? How are they going to put up victories? How are they going to win this division? And they always do. They always do. They always find ways. Maxes out rosters wins games. I mean, it's exciting. This is an exciting and a a huge move for the Cubs. It's really reminiscent of Joe Madden and 2015. 
right? They bring in Madden. They sign John Lester. All of a sudden, a year later, they win the World Series. Now, Council comes in. Maybe they're going to sign Otani, right? Maybe they're going to sign somebody big and then watch out. And that's what I'm excited about. So the real gravity of the story is this team could be a World Series contender by next year, which is far and above expectations, certainly more than I expected. This is huge for the Cubs. So instead of complaining and crying and wallowing in the past, let's look towards the future and understand, yeah, David Ross is not really a manager. The Cubs hired somebody who is a manager, and they're ready to move forward into the next generation of managerial success, into the next generation of a potential World Series championship. This is awesome. This is cool. We should be celebrating this. Not saying, oh, the culture sucks and whining about David Ross not being there anymore. Then go be a David Ross fan, just like I tell people here who criticize uh, uh, the Bears for putting in Tyson Bajan. If you love Justin Fields that much, then don't be a Bears fan. Be a Justin Fields fan. If you love David Ross that much and you're so hooked up on 2016, then go be a 2016 Cubs fan. Go be a David Ross fan and follow him wherever he goes. Then don't be a Cubs fan. Then don't, don't follow this team if you're pissed about how things went. It's either you want them to win or you don't. And if you don't want them to win and be mediocre, so be it. But then he's going to get fired anyway for poor performance. So, anyway, congratulations to the Cubs on hiring a legitimate manager on breaking the internet uh, Monday morning. And I'm excited to see what their future looks like. And I'm excited to cover them next year. I wish spring training was already here. There's going to be a lot to cover next year, potentially a World Series run, and we're going to be here with you. Going to come right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Sports Talk Chicago, back at it, back with you. Last segment of the program here today. If you missed anything, podcast at sportstalkchicago.com, all podcasting platforms. You could also watch the full replay of the show on YouTube. Check us out there, Sports Talk Chicago. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel as we Climb up towards 20,000 subscribers. John Meadows is directing and producing. I'm John Zaglul, your host for today's show. Just want to give a big shout-out and a big thank you to, to all of our great affiliates. WKAN, Kankakee, 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities, 92.9 Talk FM, WJOB, and Jed TV. Uh, they are all awesome. We're so happy to be a part of all these stations, TV and radio. And the uh, Sports Talk Chicago Syndication Network is allowed. It is put on the air because of them. So. A huge shout-out to them at all times. Please support those stations, too. Look them up. Their logos are up there. Look up the stations. Check out their other programming. Check out what they're doing in their communities. Um, Some great stuff over there. Great program directors, great people. And I'm really happy and excited uh, to be on those stations all the time. We talk cops. MLB winter meetings are going on, and the White Sox have also not been silent. Now, they didn't make a... Craig Council type of move, because they never will, but they have made some interesting moves and have made interesting comments about what's going on. Actually, three items of note for the White Sox that have occurred, and it's so exciting to discuss some of this stuff, because as critical as I've been about the White Sox, they've been actually doing things the right way. You probably are stunned to hear me say that, but they've been doing things the right way as of late. So Chris Gatz, who's the new GM, who I rightfully so criticized, has been on the ball so far. First of all, he declined an option, a club option, for Tim Anderson. So Tim Anderson is no longer a Chicago White Sox player. He was going to be due $14 million. Gatz said no. 
and it's over. I'm so happy that this occurred. Tim Anderson was a disappointment last year, to say the least. Complete disappointment. I know he had stuff going on off the field, and a lot of it was due to his own actions. But Anderson had a negative two war, had a 245 batting average, had a 60, 60 OPS plus, and he was due $14 million. He was a liability. He was a problem. Goodbye. Goodbye. So Tim Anderson's no longer with this team, and here's what Getz had to say. Okay, now I want you to hear this quote here. The conversation with Anderson was difficult. It was for me personally, just because I know how much he has meant. He's my son's favorite player as well, so not only is Anderson disappointed in me, but so is my son. We had 101 losses last year. To have to fill so many holes, both in the near term and the long term, it felt like it was the best decision to decline that option. Yes, Chris Getz, yes. I take back what I said initially. You're doing the right thing right now. Should Tim Anderson have stayed after hitting 245 and leaving his team out to dry last year? No. Great move in declining a $14 million option. Should Tim Anderson have made $14 million with an OPS plus of 60? No. No way. And Chris Gatt said, no, we're not doing this anymore. Now, according to reports, the door is open for a reunion. And if Anderson wants to come back and get paid $5 million, so be it. But his off-the-field distractions combined with his poor performance led to this decision being made. It wasn't Chris Gatz. People are going to be pissed at Chris Gatz. It wasn't Chris Gatz. It was Anderson who did this to himself. When you hit 245 in your age 30 season, you're due $14 million. Not to mention the fact they had only one home run and hit a 60 OPS plus. What do you expect to happen? Tim Anderson did this to himself, and he's the reason why his option was not picked up. That's business. Stop being mean. Chris Getz just said he's one of my son, he's my son's favorite player. I know he's been a lot to this organization, and Chris Getz helped to raise him up in the farm system, right? When Chris Getz was helping out there before he got promoted. Chris Getz knows who Tim Anderson is. They know each other very well. This is not I hate you, Tim Anderson. Goodbye. It's hey, we're trying to allocate money to the right people. We can't afford to pay you $14 million to hit 245 again. We can't. We just can't do it. This team is not performing. It didn't perform last year. We need a retool of things, and sure enough, that's what occurred. So good riddance and farewell, I guess, to, to Tim Anderson. Um, he is no longer on this team. And, you know, maybe he'll come back. I, I don't see that happening, but I guess there's certainly a possibility in which it could. But so long to him. Great move by Chris Getz. The White Sox also announced additions to their coaching staff, and I have to say, I loved these additions. A lot of people were crapping on them, especially the hitting coach one, Marcus Thames. Anyone remember Marcus Thames? I watched him play when I was a kid. Tigers, Yankees, raw power hitter. Well, he's going to become the hitting coach for the White Sox. Now, everybody's been saying, oh, he's been on one-year deals a couple of times. So what? He was the Yankees hitting coach for 2017 through 2021. Then he had one-year stints with the Marlins and this past year with the Angels. Hear this about the Angels. Okay, the Angels, before Thames came in, they were hitting 233, 297, 390 as a slash line, 623 runs scored, 26% strikeout percentage. This year, under Thames, just in one year, the batting average went up from 233 to 245. Their runs went up by over 100. Their strikeout percentage went down by a whole percentage, 
and their walk rate went up by 1%. In one year, Marcus Thames did that. And this White Sox team could not hit for anything last year. They didn't have one hitter over 300. Their best hitter was Luis Robert. I'm not saying batting average is everything, but Luis Robert even hit like 270. This is huge for the, for the White Sox. This is a big hiring. This is a seasoned pro. This is somebody who has experience, not only playing the game, but coaching the game, coaching in terms of hitting. This is awesome. They also added Jason Bourgeois as their first base and outfield coach, Matt Wise. Grady Sizemore coming in. Remember him? At the time, the Cleveland Indians standout, he's in as a coach. Drew Butera is their catching coach. Paul Yadish was brought in to help with minor league development. I don't know how this is all going to work, and maybe in a couple of years we're going to say, wow, this was really a dumb move. But I'll tell you what, in the moment, smart stuff by Chris Getz and company. Seriously. All of these guys are established, seasoned major leaguers. Not all of them have been great, but they're seasoned. Thames has been a coach for a while, but Sizemore never never coached before. Giannis never coached before. I think they're going to be welcome additions to this team. Now, Ethan Katz got to stay, kind of surprising, at pitching coach. Charlie Montoyo is going to be the bench coach. Montoyo, former MLB manager with the Blue Jays, who had winning seasons multiple times. I like this coaching staff. Getz said this about the staff, quote, we worked together with the interview process. Pedro Griffel was involved, myself and others in the front office, so we communicated throughout the whole thing. And here's what uh, Griffel said about Marcus Thames specifically. I like the way his answers were constructed. He has an idea of what he wants to do. He's worked with stars. He's worked with rookies. We feel he's the right guy for us going forward. Gantz said he's coached in many different markets, players with different backgrounds, higher profile, younger players, so that type of starter skill set was really important for where we're headed. That really stood out. Grady Sizemore, too. I love this. Sizemore was a, one of the most elite baseball players of his time back in the uh, late 2000s, 2006 to like 2010. Three-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover, Silver Slugger Award winner. He is a really, or he was a really good player, and I, I think he's going to be a good coach. They brought in Wise as well to help out in terms of uh, pitching, Matt Wise. He and Thames were teammates last year as coaches in Los Angeles with the Angels. I love all of these hires. I have not one complaint about any of them. I don't know how great things are going to end. I don't know how great things are going to even go this year, but I'll tell you what. You want to talk about trying to seek out the best guys for the job? They did that. I give them credit. I give Getz credit, Griffith credit, even Jerry Reinsdorf credit. They did a great job at doing this search. Don't care what anybody else says. You're going to hear detractors. People complain, of course, because it's the White Sox. But genuinely, if you look at these guys on paper and look at their resumes, look at the name recognition behind it, you really can't find too many complaints with any of these coaches. Not yet, at least. We'll see how they play out. But good for them. Here's what Chris Gatt said, too, uh, on the radio about the White Sox. This is their general manager speaking. Quote, we've got a talented group, there's no question. I don't like our team. <laughs> and we've got to make some adjustments so we improve for 2024. Here's what else he said. When I say I don't like our team, 
We've got pieces that are talented and are attractive, and they can be a part of a winning club. But obviously, we haven't been able to go out there and perform. It's not a well-rounded club right now. Whoa. So we've got to find players to come on in here and help us get in the right direction. And if that means that we use some of the players we have in our club to multiply, and not only help us in the near term, but also in the long term, we'll do it. It's going to take time this offseason to build out this roster. Wow. This is Chris Gass, and he said there are no untouchables. Now, I don't, you know, everybody says there are no untouchables. When ESPN made cuts, Stephen A. Smith said he might be out. Bull crap. We knew, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But the fact is, he said, I don't like our team. He said, I don't like our team. He said, it's not a well-rounded club right now. I can't believe that he's being allowed to say these things. I, I am stunned that he's allowed to say this stuff. It's great. I love it. Because he's right. He's right. They could not stick with their old core. Tim Anderson was washed. He is, and you know, and unless he goes through some sort of revitalization, it's pretty much going to be over for him. The only one on this team who was salvageable from last year is Luis Robert. Even Dylan Cease was mediocre. He was bad. So when Chris Scott says, I don't like our team right now, when he says the roster is not well-rounded, he's right. It's not. He came out and said that publicly. He's being honest with people. Now, again, he's new. He has time to do something. It's his own team, quote-unquote. How much control he has, we don't really know. But I'll tell you what. This is a breath of fresh air. This is not the Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn show anymore. And you could tell. This is, hey, I'm sick of this BS just as much as you guys are. We're making a change. We're making a change. So this is exciting. And for anybody out there who's a White Sox fan, if you still are, if you're not, I don't blame you, but if you're still a White Sox fan, this is awesome news. We're talking about new voice and honesty. More than anything, honesty. I'm all for honesty. That's what we do on this show. Honesty. So for Chris Getz to come out and say, yeah, you know what? We're, we're not good. I don't like this roster. Wow, what a breath of fresh air. A couple of words. That's all he said. He said one sentence. That's all he said. And I'm like, wow, somebody's actually saying what needs to be said. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be successful next year. They're going to win the World Series next year because Chris Gutt said this stuff. All I'm saying is I do have a little bit more confidence knowing that this is the mindset that they're operating with. Hey, our team's not great. We need to improve on things. We're not perfect. What could we do? Having that mindset, having that idea is huge. Not lying to yourself is huge. He's not. He's not lying to himself. And no one's lying to him. He knows where they stand, and he knows what he needs to do to be good. And that is unbelievably respectable. So he says farewell to Tim Anderson. They hire a bunch of really highly credentialed coaches, and they come out and say publicly, I don't like this team. They're doing everything right up to this point. I criticized them at the time, rightfully so. But up to this point, considering the situation they're in, we're giving them a lot of uh, rope. (laughs) 
lot of slack right now, but they're looking okay. And maybe, just maybe, they can get themselves out of this tanking and black hole type of situation in terms of talent and, and opportunity and potential for years to come. Just maybe. Not going to go that far yet, but what they're doing now, they're, they're laying the foundation. They're taking the steps to get to that point. So I give them credit. I really hope it works out. On that note, that's going to be all the time we have for today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Man, what an action-packed electric show. <laughs> so much we got through today. So many hot takes and opinions. That's what we do here. Uh, we're grateful that you decided to tune in here tonight. I want to give a big shout-out to all of our great radio and TV affiliates once more. They are amazing. and They put us on the air every single week. Check sportstalkchicago.com to find out when our show is going to be airing near you. We're on WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, HCTV, Cities 92.9 Talk FM, Jet TV, and WJOB. Six stations part of the Sports Talk Chicago syndication network. Thank you to all of them. Thank you to John Meadows directing and producing the entire evening here tonight. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can watch every show on there at Sports Talk Chicago. Hit the like button. If you miss any parts of this show, you want to listen to it with your ears, go to podcasts or go to sportstalkchicago.com and check it out. And um, follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to be live for Bears games coming up. So make sure you hang out with us on YouTube for that, also on our Twitch channel. Um, and really, really appreciative of you guys tuning in. We had a great time tonight. So much to talk about, so much to discuss, so much going on in the world of Chicago sports. We're appreciative that we get the opportunity every week to be unfiltered, to be opinionated, not worry about what people have to say, and just talk about what's going on. We enjoy it, and uh, based on the numbers, it seems that you guys do too. Until next time, so long, everybody. Thank you.